I like to consider those verses in Acts chapter 11. The Bible tells us that when the apostles caught word of the gospel having spread, that there was need of somebody to go and to encourage those brethren. And who better to encourage those brethren than the son of encouragement himself? And so they sent Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. And Barnabas, the Bible says that when he got to Antioch, he was able to see the grace of God. I think that's a fascinating and wonderful statement that the Bible makes there, that he was able to see the grace of God. He was able to see God at work. And the gospel had been taken, and he witnessed people that had been in very lost conditions and now being in a very saved condition through the blood of Jesus Christ and their obedience to him. And he says, uh, the Bible says next, when he saw the grace of God, he was glad. Rob said he rejoiced when he saw that. He was glad when he was able to see the grace of God. It made him happy to know that there were people who are now finding themselves in this saved condition through their obedience to the gospel, through the blood of Jesus Christ. And he was glad about that. And he encouraged them, the Bible says. He encouraged them well, with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. Adam, why did you take your family to Mexico? Don't you know that it's dangerous down there? Don't you know that there are any number of things that could happen while you're there? I'm, that's the voice of my father ringing in my ears that I hear. What are you doing? What are you thinking? And I said, uh, Brother Wade Webster, I heard him speak once in uh, PTP, and he said, uh, you need to know that people in Mexico, he's done a lot of mission work there himself, a preacher in, in College Station, he said, you need to know that people in Mexico are watching the news in the United States, and they're seeing people go into Walmart and open fire, and they're seeing a man in West Texas take out a gun and in his vehicle shoot people. And he said, they're wondering, is that somewhere where I want to live? Is that really somewhere where, where I might want to go? And so he said, it's all in what you see. You know, it's all in what you're getting and what you're being exposed to. All of Mexico is not on fire. All of Mexico is, is not uh, cartel members shooting at SUVs, setting them on fire, as tragic as those things are. All of Mexico is not, uh, is not all that way. And so it's important to, to know, let you know that uh, we're not anything for having gone. And I was not going to expose my family, as long as I could help it, expose them to a dangerous situation. We had people who were there, people who were watching, and we knew the area and those things that were going to happen. And anyway, we don't know what's going to happen here. All right? And so that's the point I want you to know. But we went to encourage young Christians. I wanted the boys to see what we were doing I wanted them to be exposed to something bigger than what they find here. Uh, Evan and Alan had never been outside the United States. It's not their fault. They had never seen anything different. They, they didn't know how other people lived. They, they really don't have a way of understanding what do they have that other people don't have. And we wanted to try to expose them to some of those things. I think it's okay. I think it's okay to do that. And we did. And I wanted them to get a bigger picture of God. I really, Julie and I really wanted them to see a, a bigger picture of the church. That, you know, we, we travel different places in the United States, but here's somewhere outside of the United States, and, and they've got a Bible just like we do, and they're trying to obey it just like we are. That's important, I think, for all of us to understand. And so we, we went to Mexico. Now tonight, uh, I'm going to show you some pictures. I'm going to try to explain a few things that we were able to accomplish and th some things that we were able to do, and, and I hope there'll be some of these pictures that maybe uh, bring a chuckle as, as we did some fun things and different things. But more than that, I want you to see that this is, 
this is the work that we went to try to do to encourage the brethren. All right, that was the purpose of the trip, to try to encourage Christians. And, uh, and we had a, a really good time doing it. And so uh, I want you to understand some of these things. And who do we go with? Well, here is a picture of Donnie and Linda Rodriguez and their two children, Isaac. That's uh, Isaac with an A-Y-Z-I-K. That's Isaac and Brooklyn. Now, last year, when I showed you a picture similar to this, some of you might recall that you have Donnie and Linda, and they had Isaac, but they did not have Brooklyn. Isaac and Brooklyn are neither one their children. These are uh, children of a niece that belongs to Linda, and these children are being adopted. Isaac has been fully adopted. Brooklyn is still working through the process of being adopted. Uh, Consequently, when we came home, the boy said, we need to get a baby sister. (laughs) No. No, we're not, probably not going to do that. But they, they loved spending time with Brooklyn, and they really want to adopt a baby sister, too. So anyway, I, I show you this picture. Donnie and I went to preacher's training school together in Missouri, and so we've known each other now for uh, 15 years or so, and we we're very close as we were going through school, and we've remained very good friends uh, now on this side of things. And Donnie decided that the, there was no uh, congregation of the Lord's Church in his hometown, Apipiluco, Mexico. There was no congregation of the Lord's Church. And so he and Linda moved to Mexico. She's an American. He has American citizenship. And they left the United States, and they moved back to Mexico to start this work in his hometown. And so I'm going to show you what they've been able to accomplish in the last 13 or 14 years. Uh, now they've got these two kids. That, that has changed a lot of dynamic, as you can imagine, in their home. Donnie and Linda were never able to have children of their own. And so now they've got these, these two children. Isaac is five and Brooklyn is three. I'll say this too. Last year I went and I met Donnie and it was just the two of us. And so you've got two guys, uh, you know, you just get up, you quickly get some clothes on and you're out the door, right? It's pretty simple. This year, now you've got his family, his two kids, you've got my wife and two kids, and so it's a very different trip this year than what it was last year. These are tremendous workers for the Lord. They're doing great work, and I am proud to know them. I want you to know that. They're doing tremendous work for the Lord, and I want you to, uh, to see them and, and understand that, that I have nothing but respect for, for those two and their family. Now, where did we go? Well, we decided this year, we, because of cost, we actually drove from here to Dallas, and we flew from Dallas to Houston, Houston into Mexico City, <clears throat> and Mexico City uh, into Acapulco. Acapulco was located in the state of, uh, sorry, Karen, please don't grade me, okay? Uh, Guerrero. I can't roll my R's. I'm a gringo, so it's hard. Anyway, it's the state of Guerrero, Guerrero down there uh, where Acapulco is located. The one hiccup we had the whole trip was flying into Mexico City. We, uh, we were delayed out of Dallas for a few hours. That caused us to miss our flight from Houston, Mexico City. So we had to get rescheduled, which seemed like it was going to be okay, but it, it didn't work out. So we got into Mexico City late. Literally, there, there are some English signs in the Mexico City airport, as it turns out. You just can't understand them anyway. Uh, even if it was all English, you still wouldn't know what they're saying. So anyway, we had to take a tram from one terminal over to another terminal. I'd never had to do that before. I'd never done that without a translator. I'd never done that with my family before. And so we missed our flight from Mexico City to Acapulco that night, the first flight. So 
We were able, thankfully, to find people who spoke just enough English and mind just enough Spanish that we were able to get a late flight uh, from Mexico City into Acapulco, but we got in about midnight uh, that night. So it was a very long day of travel, and uh, we arrived safely. All right, so I want you to now zoom in on the state of Guerrero. And that's this picture, okay? So here's this state down there located very, very much south in uh, Mexico. And so we fly into Acapulco, and I'll use this screen, I guess, for my pointing. We fly into Acapulco down here. Again, we got in about midnight. Um, I'm trying to keep my day straight. Was it a Friday? Yeah, I'm so, oh, wow, I was way off. It was a Tuesday. <coughs> Forgive me. I remember that now. We, we get into Acapulco. You think I would have wrote that down or something. Anyway, we get into Acapulco about midnight. And we are going to drive from Acapulco up here to where that blue arrow is in the town of Epipiluco. That's where Donnie's located. And so we, uh, we made that drive. So we got up and we ate a little breakfast. We were able to walk down to the beach, uh, down to the ocean in Acapulco. But we did not get in the water. We didn't get to do anything in the water. We got to look at the water. And, uh, and then we drove up to Epipiluco. All right? It's about a four-hour drive. Did you run into any danger? Well, no, is the answer. No, we didn't run into any danger. There was not a time where we ever felt that we were really at risk or unsafe. But there are a few things that I think they really tried to hide from us. And one of those things we found out was uh, we got up here very near Apipiluco. Up here there is a city, a little city called Iguala. And it's about a four-hour drive from Acapulco over to Apipiluco. So about three hours into the trip, we're on a pretty decent highway. It's not bad. Uh, We found out that a few hours after our passing through that city, there was a shootout between the Mexico National Guard and one of the cartels, and 14 people were killed uh, on that highway. So, yes, we were close to a couple of things, but no, we never saw it, all right? And we never felt that we were in danger, and so we, we thank God for that. But this is, uh, this is the, the state of Guerrero. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. So now I want to talk a little bit about Apipiluco itself, all right? Now, I don't do this to be degrading. I don't want you to take offense to the picture that I'm about to show you. But I need you to have a picture in your mind about the conditions of the town and what it is we're dealing with. Here is a Luco's version of HEB. All right, this is the, the grocery store, one of the grocery stores. This lady in the pink happens to be Donnie's sister and Donnie's brother-in-law. Donnie has had Bible studies with both of them. Uh, to this point, neither one has obeyed the gospel. They have a son who has obeyed the gospel. But uh, to this point, neither of them have. They actually live directly across the street from the church building. All right, so his sister will come over. His brother-in-law, not so much, but his sister comes over. And you'll see her in, in pictures throughout uh, our stay there. But we love them. They're great people. But this is their version of H-E-B. This is their version of Roses. Taco Villa, I don't know which one to put. But this is their version these are, I mentioned this last year, some of my favorite food, picaditas. And uh, picaditas are being made here by this sweet woman. Uh, she's got a, a house right on the street, and she opens up in the mornings the fir- front part of her house, and she's got a table and some chairs, and she makes picaditas. And so you can go in and, and have her make you breakfast, and uh, of course that's what she does to make a living. And so we enjoyed uh, picaditas. Uh, I've got some more pictures here in a moment, but that's their, their roses. Here's their Domino's delivery guy. He is delivering, as you might imagine, tortillas. All right, that's tortillas in the cooler behind him. 
And so we stopped one evening and, uh, and got some tortillas that he was selling. But that's their Domino's delivery guy. Here's their office depot in town, Staples, if you will. But we needed to get some copies made to, uh, of invitations to invite people to the gospel meeting that we were having. And so we walked in, and, and here is the man who's going to make those copies for us. And he's got a little of everything in there. He's got office supplies. He's got toys, little trinkets, and uh, lots of things going on. So here's their office depot. Here's their Ace Hardware store. This is for Brother Marshall. Their Ace Hardware store. Uh, any number of tools and hats and lots of things. Evan, I'll show you another picture in a minute, is doing a little shopping here in the Ace Hardware store. And then, here's the meat market. This is just open. It's on the sidewalk. You walk by and they got chickens hanging there or meat that's just hanging there. And you can imagine the number of flies that are present uh, in the meat market and the openness of the sidewalk. And here is Jay Prieto Construction Company. This is a brother in Christ. His name is Oscar. When I was there last year, I studied with Oscar and his wife, Norma. They were attending regularly, but neither one of them had become a Christian. After I left, a few weeks after I left, Oscar was baptized. Oscar obeyed the gospel, and he is a construction guy, he, or a, a cabinet maker. I mean, he, he's really a jack of all kinds of trade. But he makes bookshelves. He's a carpenter. That's the word I'm looking for, actually. He's a carpenter. And this happens to be a cabinet that he was working on. This is his brother-in-law. He's, he's not a Christian. But he's making this cabinet. And this is the finished product of that cabinet inside the church building. And so he was working as hard as he could work to get it done in time for our gospel meeting. And I was there. Uh, now they, they didn't have anything like this. They, they didn't have a any workspace, uh, when they had gospel or, uh, fellowship meals, they really didn't have anywhere to lay the food out very nicely. And so Oscar was able to build this where they could lay all the food out. And I'm telling you, when those ladies, when those sisters walked in and saw that, oh, they were so proud. They were so happy uh, with the work that he had done. And it is a very, very nice cabinet that he was able to build and construct for the church building. So I give you a little bit of idea of what we've got going on in the town. Here's a picture of the, the family as we left Dallas Airport. All right, so I want to show you a few things that Evan and Alan were able to experience. And before I'm done, I think I'm going to have them come up and share just a couple of things uh, from the trip themselves. All right, they got to see the Pacific Ocean for the first time. All right, they've never seen the Pacific Ocean. And so I told you the first night we stayed in, in Acapulco, we were not able to go and get in the water. But this is now the return trip. We had about two hours, maybe an hour and a half, where the boys were able to go down to the beach. And so uh, this is actually the, the day before we come home. Uh, they were able to go down there and play in the water a little bit. And they just, they just loved it. It's, it's water. It's, a little bo- it's boys, right? And they're going to play in it. And it was a beautiful afternoon. Again, we didn't have much time, but we had a little. And so they were able to do that. This was a completely unexpected part of the trip. I had no idea, but when we arrived in Acapulco, they had got us a hotel room. I thought we were going to be staying with the brethren, and they were talking about the conditions that we were going to be staying in, and it was going to be a little rough. And so uh, we got there, and they said, you know what? We actually were able to find a really cheap hotel room. You know, Acapulco back in its day was a tourist spot. I mean, lots of Americans would go and vacation in Acapulco. Now they all go to the Atlantic side, to Cancun. 
but it used to be that they would all go to, to Acapulco. And so uh, they're made for tourism. They've got high-rise hotels, and now many of them are sitting empty or mostly empty. And so it's just not quite the same, I think, as it once was. But the hotel we got was right on the beach. And it was, it was not bad, really. I'll say it was nice. For a Mexican hotel, it was really, really nice. But it was right on the ocean, and it had a nice shower. That was the best part. We got in about midnight, dead tired, and a nice shower really was nice. And we ended up staying there again the night before we came home. And so we got a nice shower the night before we came home. That was a big deal. So nice hotel right on the beach. And we could just walk right out, and it was a great time. New experiences for Evan and Alan. They'll talk about some of their friends maybe here in a minute. Here are some of their friends that they made. I love to watch kids. Kids are exciting, and what I find is, what you find is that kids are kids are kids. No matter where you are, they're all going to be about the same. They have the same interest. They're going to play the same games. The, they're going to have the same honorary smirk. Wherever you go, they're going to have the things going on in their mind. What can I get away with? What can I do? And they're the same. And Evan and Alan found out that even though they couldn't really speak the same language, they could still have a good time, and they did. And this is uh, two very special kids to us, Andy and Diana. And uh, the boys were able to, to have a good time with uh, both of these. They came over to the house quite a bit. Uh, we got to spend quite a bit of time with them. Uh, this was a day that we spent door knocking or handing out invitations to the gospel meeting. This is uh, in the right. They're playing catch with a lime in the Donnie and Linda's front yard. They've got a big lime tree, and so they're playing catch with a lime. So what kids don't like to play catch, right? And so they were playing catch with each other. There was a little park that we were able to stop at for a minute. I had a teeter-totter and a swing, and the kids just loved it, loved spending time with Andy and Diana. Uh, Diana wrote a note, and I just wanted to include it. She worked on it, worked really hard to write it in English. Isn't that something? And so she wrote this note. She wrote, drew an elephant on the front and said it was from Diana. I hope you like a pipiluco, it says, and we are happy to have you here. God bless you. Isn't that neat? You know, just kids, our kids are kids. They're sweet as they can be. And uh, Diana was certainly very sweet. And the boys really enjoyed meeting the two of them. This was another little boy uh, there. And he people Luco, his name is Caesar. And they really had a good time with Caesar as well. And so uh, meeting new friends was a big part of this trip for them. Weird things. This is the airplane that we brought home, actually, from Acapulco to Mexico City. And in Mexico City, it was all dark, of course, when we got on the airplane. So I took this one. This was on the return flight home. And we are walking across the tarmac. This is not a gate, right? There, there's, no, there's no gate in Acapulco. This plane is not big enough for a gate. And so this was a new experience for the boys. They bust us out to the tarmac. They get us off on the tarmac. And you walk across the tarmac and you load the plane uh, on the back steps. New experiences. And uh, interesting experiences. I want you also to notice the uh, big propellers on the, on the wings, right? And you see that. It's just, ooh, that doesn't, mm. There's something about that, you know? You're not used to seeing, uh, like, a big plane with propellers on the wings. And uh, anyway, it flew fine. And we had a fine trip. It all worked out. On the plane, they serve different food in Mexico, as it turns out. No peanuts, uh, no pretzels. But on this particular flight, we have popcorn on the left, buttered popcorn on the left in the bag, and on the right, 
I don't know how to describe it, but I'll just say it's chili flavored. All right, it's kind of like a chili flavored cheese ball, right? That kind of consistency. It's a lot of air, only it's uh, chili flavored. And so you're not going to get that on any American flight, okay? That's, that's not what you're going to find. And so uh, it was new and something different. This is the balcony from our hotel room the, the first night that we had in Acapulco. We were on the seventh floor. And so I just wanted to show you that uh, our view from up high on the seventh floor balcony down low, again, we weren't able to get in the water that day, but we were able to go down to the beach and take this picture uh, in Acapulco. New food for Evan and Alan. Alan loved the beans, which is a good thing because they have them for every meal. So that was a good thing that he liked the beans. I, I think I told some of you before we went, ask the boys what they're most nervous about. Food. They think they're going to starve, right? They were pretty sure that they were going to starve. Now, I'll spoil this for you now. When I went last year, some of you remember, we had pig brain and pig feet. Remember, I was there, and they slaughtered the pig, and uh, that's what we ate. And I'm pretty sure that the boys were thinking, that's what we're going to have every meal, right? And I'm going to starve. I'm not going to eat that, and so I'm going to starve while we're there. Well, no pig brain and no pig feet this trip. No butchering of any pigs. So it was kind of a bummer that way, but we didn't have any. So... We did have beans, and Alan especially really liked the beans. Uh, these are a close-up on what I called roses a minute ago, uh, the picaditas. This is a breakfast food that they have. They take the tortillas, and they crinkle the edges, put a little oil down, and then some sour cream and salsa and cheese. I'm telling you, they're delicious. I, I couldn't wait to, to get some. And, uh, and so the boys enjoyed them, Evan maybe more so than Alan, but Alan was a good sport, and we appreciate that. All right. Next. Evan at the top left is eating a tamale, all right? A fresh tamale that was made. The gospel meeting was Saturday night and Sunday morning. So I was able to preach twice Saturday night and twice on Sunday morning. And they fed all the people that were there after each time. So a meal Saturday night and another meal Sunday morning. So the meal Saturday night, the sisters all made tamales. All right, so we had fresh tamales for, for the meal on Saturday night. And then Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, the meal was, uh, I, I, don't know, I don't know how best to describe what we got here. But it is meat. I don't know exactly what kind of meat. Uh, mine, mine had a lot of bones in it. That's what I know. Uh, I, would, I would call that kind of a mole sauce, you know, a dark sauce, and you, you, we know mole. Uh, I asked, is this mole? And they said no. So I don't know what, what exactly it was. It really wasn't that bad. Uh, that's about as much of it as the boys ate. But um, I didn't think it was that bad. Right? It wasn't that bad. And then it had some rice uh, in front of it. So it wasn't too bad. They were smiling when they took the picture. They weren't smiling as big after they tried it, but that's okay. <laughs> this is uh, the lime tree in front of Donnie and Linda's house. This is a new experience for the boys. Uh, they're picking limes. And so this is a homemade contraption that Evan is holding there. Uh, it's got a basket on it, and you stick it up into the tree, tug, and the lime falls into the basket. And so uh, picking limes is something they hadn't done before. Alan got in on it, too. And before we were done, the, the kids all had a pretty good uh, bowl of limes. And so we had limes to uh, have with all of our food and some fresh limeade, and it was 
delicious. You can run off the tree. It's pretty amazing. So that, that was a fun thing. Those kids are, uh, had a good time together. I'm glad that the four of them had each other, and they did well together. And, of course, there you have four English speakers. And so they at least had the kids, you know, that they could, uh, they could visit with. Isaac has been down there a number of times, and so he, he can speak a pretty good deal of Spanish. Brooklyn had never been there before, bless her heart. And so uh, she was trying to pick it up, and she's got her grandma there and uncles and aunts and cousins, and they're all trying to talk, and, and she was trying to figure it all out at three years old. And uh, So anyway, she did well, and we loved being with them. Next, this is our final night in Mexico, the, the last night in Acapulco, and we saved the best food for last. I, I wish that I had the proper words, because I could really, really make some of your mouths water, well, water really, really good. But I'm telling you, whatever this guy is doing, he is doing well. He is good at what he does. That food was amazing. I think it's pork that he's, that he's got there, and uh, that's just a big, big uh, side, and he is... It's got a fire as it's going around, so it's cooking and it's spinning, and he is trimming little pieces of it off. And I'm telling you, those tacos that we had that last night in Acapulco were amazing. They were amazing. Uh, new drinks, squirt. Maybe some of you have heard of squirt. We ha- I think we have that, right, at places? So Alan, he'd never had squirt before, so he just absolutely loved it. And, uh, and the, uh, the drink on the right side is called Yoli, Y-O-Y-O-L-I. L-I, and Yoli is only found in the state of Guerrero in Mexico. It's kind of a lemon-lime, Sprite type of drink, but it's really, really good, and you cannot find it anywhere outside of that state. And so uh, the boys enjoyed getting acquainted with Yoli. Now, here's, a, here's this picture. All right, so we're eating tacos in Acapulco, and they're amazing. All right, they're amazing. And they bring this plate out after we'd already started eating some of the tacos. And, of course, you can see those are jalapenos there and onions, and they're the slimy-looking things here. Some of you have probably had before. It's cactus. They bring this cactus out. Alan is a good sport, and he tried the cactus. Did you like it? No. No, no, he did not like it. He did not care for the cactus at all. So I hear from the other end of the table my buddy Donnie. He says, hey, I bet you can't eat a jalapeno. Well, you know, you have to try. So I bit the end of it off as I'm starting through this jalapeno. I bite the end of it off. Well, the end of it, not that much to it, right? It's no seeds yet, and there's not much to it. So I bit the end of it off. And so hmm, that tough guy over there, he's about 12 years old. He says, I can do this. And I'm not putting Evan down. I'm just telling you how it happened, okay? I'm just telling you what happened. I'm telling you that I was sitting there and I had bit the end of it off. And he noticed that I was okay. And so, him being the tough guy he is, he comes over and he says, watch this. And he takes a good size bite out of this jalapeno. And there are seeds everywhere in this particular bite that Evan takes. And I'm setting up what I'm about to show you next because this are the three stages of Evan... (laughs) As he eats the jalapeno, okay? So I have, I have a great look of concern on my face when I notice what he has done. And then there's a great look of concern on his face when he realizes what he has done. Uh, and 
there was no milk, right? There's no milk in the restaurant. And so now we've got these waitresses uh, who are trying to tell him what to do. And they suggest limes. And so he's squeezing lime into his mouth, and that's doing no good. And they suggest salt. And so he's putting salt in his hand, and he's licking his hand, and that's doing no good. And so finally, we just got enough water that, uh, that it, it took care of itself. I do not tell that story to put him down. He knew I was going to tell that story, but it was funny, all right? It was just funny. And so that's why I tell that story. <laughs> but that's, uh, that, that's the three looks of Evan. That was fun. Okay, this is new experiences for the boys. Uh, this is out right in front of Donnie and Linda's house. And there's this street and Evan is pointing to cows that are coming down the street. This, this is not something we have on our street, generally. We don't have cows coming down. Uh, here they come. Now Alan is in the picture. And so that was a new experience, having cows walk down the street that we were living on. Here's Evan doing dishes in Mexico. And the difference of doing, you know, people say, I'm going to Mexico. And they say, don't drink the water, right? Don't drink the water. Well, here we are washing dishes with the water. What we don't do here generally in the United States that they must do there is this final step that is Evan's responsibility. That bowl is full of bleach water. And so you wash it, you rinse it, and then you bleach it and you dry it. And so uh, Evan is taking care of keeping us from getting sick. And thankfully, Evan had a little touch of something, but it didn't last long. And so uh, we're thankful that everything seemed to work out okay on that. Uh, the boys, we, we went outside with a bottle of water to brush our teeth. I was like, I don't even want to be in the bathroom. I, I don't even want that to be a temptation. And so we just went out on the front porch to brush our teeth uh, to avoid doing that. This is, uh, Alan ran out of shirts, and so we had to wash one. So here's a new experience for the boys. They're hand washing uh, their clothes, and that was a, a new experience for them. They also were able to, uh, to know a little bit about celebrity status. Now, here's a picture of Linda walking into a grade school, and they were all, kids were all in a break, in middle school, uh, grade school age. And I, I don't know how to help you see this, but here we are again standing in the middle, and, and all these eyeballs, all these kids are, are looking, and they're not looking at me, and they're not looking at Julie, they're looking at the boys. They're very fascinated with their white skin, and being young, they were extremely fascinated with Alan, especially it seemed, both of them, but Alan's freckles on his face and you know, his lighter skin and his glasses, they were just fascinated. And so the boys were very, very popular. This was a popular pose. The girls wanted to shake their hand. They really wanted to shake the boy's hand, but they were... <laughs> You know, covering their mouths. They were just so shy, you know, and, uh, and so the boys, they really didn't care for that a whole lot. But it was, uh, it was I bet they did, though, right? You know, it's different. Uh, just a couple of other fascinating things, very quickly. Uh, this is a drum set that was Donnie's when he was a boy. It's at his mom's house, and so the boys were playing on his drums. And this is Evan getting a haircut in Mexico by one of the uh, Christian ladies there. So the boys had a wonderful time. Uh, they got some little toys while they were there. Alan got a slingshot in one of the stores, and that's he and Andy working the slingshot. They've got rocks, and they've set up bottles, and they're shooting bottles and, uh, and having a good time. Evan, before we went, he said, Dad, I want to bring a little bit of money of my own 
I really want a machete. And so he found his machete and got it home. And so that is Evan and his machete. He said, Dad, can I bring it tonight? And I said, no, no. <laughs> but he does have it. So uh, there's the proof that, that he has it. The boys uh, and Diana and Andy door knocking, stopping anybody who would take an invitation. This man is a farmer. He's working out in the fields. He's riding his horse. And so uh, they stopped and, and offered him an invitation. And here, here are the kids. Uh, this is Sunday morning after worship and eating, playing a game of tic-tac-toe. All right, the, A game that they could come up with that all of them could play together. And so they're having a good time together. I want to briefly say this about Julie and her experience. Julie had been to Mexico. She's been a, a few times on different trips to Mexico. But she had not been to Mexico since Evan was born. All right, so it's been 12 years since Julie was there. So I want to just share a couple of things of what Julie did while there. On the left, this is a sister in Christ by the name of Angelica. I know that we give updates, we tell names. You'll never remember names. It's okay. But this, this sister is on, uh, Angelica, and, uh, and she's a wonderful worker in the congregation there. When I got home last year, Julie got a friend request on Facebook from this sister. And it, she said, who is this? I don't have a clue who this is. But through the year, on, on different pictures and different things, the two of these have conversed a little bit back and forth. Angelica was a big help to us because she does speak a little bit of English. And so uh, just through the year, Julie and Angelica have conversed about a couple of things. And so here they are meeting each other face to face for the first time. It's a cool thing what modern technology can do. But here they are meeting each other and really hit it off and had a great time. On the right is a new sister in Christ. Her name is Norma. She was the one that was cutting Evan's hair a moment ago. Julie brought with her little backpacks, just little plastic bags that had two little straps. And in those bags, they had just little, little things, uh, uh, Bible materials, but uh, little bracelets for the kids, a pencil, just, you know, little things that kids might enjoy. And so we went around and were able to deliver these backpacks to, in the homes of some of these kids uh, who are members of, their parents are members of the congregation there. And so that's what we're doing there on the top left. And here on the top right, these are just some of the sisters, the main sisters there in the congregation at Apipiluco. And there we are again on the left handing out bags. One night she gave out glow bracelets. You know, this is this little Dollar Tree stuff that, that kids go crazy over. They had never seen anything like that in their lives, these little gr- glow bracelets. And so, oh man, the kids running around in the dark uh, in the churchyard beating each other with those things and, you know, just running around and seeing each other in the dark. It was so much fun to see. And so they loved Miss Julie and what she was able to bring with them. One of the best things that Julie did on this trip was the first ever ladies' day that they've ever had. First ladies' day they've ever had. And so here she is on the left with Linda, who served as her translator for that ladies' day on a Friday evening. And here you have a group of these ladies uh, who are all looking down. If you can see in that picture, they're all looking down. They're all looking at their Bibles. I love that picture as Julie is teaching and what she's doing. So I also want to take just a second to say a thank you to Karen. Because before Julie went, she had Karen help her with a PowerPoint presentation. And so the PowerPoint presentation was all in Spanish. And she also had Karen help her, and Karen was gracious enough to do this, where uh, Julie was able to provide them with a handout. And the handout was printed in color. And the ladies were so enamored with that color copy, 
written, typed out in Spanish. They were so enamored with it that they didn't want to write on it. They just wanted to take it home as a gift. And so Julie had to say, no, really, it's okay. It's okay to take your notes uh, on that. But they loved that. And so I want to say thank you to Karen and your, your great help for, for doing that. It was a big hit, and they loved it. Uh, afterwards, Julie had also brought uh, the lesson that she did was on recipes and aprons. Aprons are a big deal in Mexico. All the ladies wear them all the time. And so Julie had brought purple aprons for all of the ladies. And so after the class, all of the ladies came up, and one by one, she gave them an apron and a big hug, and they were all saying such wonderful things, I'm sure, in Spanish, that she couldn't understand. But it was wonderful, and she uh, was very touched by it. Uh, And that's a picture of all those ladies uh, in their purple aprons. They were all anxious to put them on as soon as they got them. And so that was, I love that picture. I think that's really, really neat of the ladies who were there for that ladies' day, first ever. They provided Julie with a few gifts. Um, Those are wraps for tortillas. That's very popular there. And that little uh, salsa bowl and a fan, which Julie said came in very, very handy for the rest of the week. By the way, the weather, these pictures don't do it justice. You'll see a picture of me in a minute. Evan was sweating for other reasons, but... Uh, it was about 90 degrees and about 90% humidity. We sweat the whole time, all right? It just sweat the whole time, but it was okay. But that's what the weather was. Uh, here, Julie and Angelica working on some songs for the kids, and Julie has translated those and, and uh, writing those down for the kids to understand in Spanish. And here we have Julie helping with some of the kids' classes Saturday evening and again on Sunday morning. And Sunday morning, here's the final class that we have of all these kids and their uh, projects that they had done in Bible class. And again, that's just really exciting. You see all the smiles. Kids are kids are kids wherever you are. And so that's what's going on. Now you say, how can this be brief? You've already gone over. Let me give you brief. I went to preach the gospel. We went to preach the gospel. And so here's the gospel meeting. Saturday evening, again, uh, actually, this is Wednesday night when we got to Apipiluco. We drove from Acapulco to Apipiluco on Wednesday. And so we got there in time uh, for Bible study Wednesday night in Apipiluco. Here is a picture of the Christians that we find in that community. All right? Four, 13, 14 years later, uh, they have worked up to this point. They have their own building. Uh, they've got a nice congregation. They're working very, very hard. And so this is the, the congregation that was there Wednesday night. I was able to teach the Bible class and, uh, and loved doing that. And afterwards, you can't see in this picture, but this is me baptizing Norma. I've showed you already twice, the one cutting Evan's hair. She decided that night that she was going to become a Christian. Her husband had been baptized nearly a year ago. And now she says, it's my turn. I'm going to do this. And so Donnie says, Adam, you need to get in the tank. And so I climb over into the tank here just after I have baptized her. And both of us, the the congregation is standing around singing at this point on the left. And then the two of us are climbing out uh, of the tank. Uh, Was it Brother Jim Lorenz? I think it was you, right? You said, you must have been wearing the West Side waiters. (laughs) But uh, that's uh, waiter free. No waiters, all right? You just get in and what you've got. All right, so that was that night. Uh, then we went out for tacos afterward to celebrate, and that's a great time. You see Evan in the back of that picture. Uh, we all had a great night that night celebrating Norma's baptism. 
We were able to do a lot of visiting with the brethren while we were there, going to their homes. That's what's happening on the left. On the right, I show you this picture, and I'm sorry, but this kid, he is the cutest little thing. His name is Ernesto. That's his mama, who's just obeyed the gospel. And Ernesto is totally infatuated with Spider-Man. And so this is him Spider-Manning, all right? He's throwing web out of his wrist. And that, you young people get that, right? And, you, whoosh, and he's always, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. He was infatuated, loved Spider-Man. And so I had him uh, do that, and Julie was able to get his picture. So his daddy is the cabinet maker, uh, the carpenter, and they're a wonderful family there. They're going to do great things. They've got two beautiful kids, and I'm so proud of them and what they're doing. This is Brother Efren, and again, another Christian there in that congregation. We went to his house. He has goats, and you can't really see them. They're up here on the wall, little baby goats. He's got more goats back here, and so we went to his house. Then we had the gospel meeting Saturday night. Uh, here's a, group, a picture of the group that was there. What I want you to know about this picture is it's full of visitors from town. That's huge. It was so exciting to see so many people that we had invited actually show up. And there was a good number of Christians in that picture, but there were a good number of people who are hearing the gospel for the very first time. And so I was able to preach the gospel that night. Again, if you look closely, I'm, I'm glistening just a little bit. It's hot in there. And uh, afterwards, again, we had the uh, tamales, and we enjoyed this meal together. Moved all the chairs to the side, brought in tables, and just uh, ate our meal there that night and had a wonderful time together. And then Sunday morning, this is the picture of the Sunday morning assembly. Again, uh, a great number of visitors present this morning as well. And I'm so excited about the follow-up potential uh, from these efforts. But we find a, a good, good group assembled there that morning. There is Brother Efren. Uh, he is not very tall. He's just not but a great, great individual. He has not been a Christian, but just a couple of years. Uh, but he's done great things. And these are the two brothers who are serving the Lord's table. They're both named Oscar. And uh, again, good guys. I was able to preach that morning twice. And you'll notice that I, knew, I have a new translator. I'm going to tell you more about him in just a second. But uh, his name is Freddie. And I had never met Freddie before. And, uh, and Freddie said, I think I'm good enough to translate. And as far as I know, he was. <laughs> That's as far as I know. But uh, then we had that barbecue for, uh, for a meal that, that day. Now, I'm going to let the boys come up here in just a second and share a couple things from their perspective. Last year, for those of you who might remember, and you may not, but it's a, this, this brother obeyed the gospel last year when I was there. And his name is Tony. And Tony was there, and he is faithful, and he has a faithful wife. And Caesar is their son, and I'm so proud of Tony and, the, and the, the, what he's doing. This is a good hodgepodge of members and people who are visiting. This brother right here is the one I want to point out in just a second because it's the best picture I have of him. This is Donnie's brother-in-law who lives in Acapulco. His, Donnie's sister is right here. This is Manuel and Maria. And they have just obeyed the gospel in May in Acapulco. I'm going to tell you more about this in just a second, but this is what I want you to know. Acapulco is about four hours of driving time, right, between Apipiluco and Acapulco. And there was no congregation in Acapulco. Now, wrap your mind around that, because Acapulco is a city of nearly two million people. And there is not a congregation 
of the Lord's church. You hear me? Donnie's brother-in-law and sister, nieces and nephews, they say to Donnie, hey, you've not come to see us for a while. Why don't you come visit back in May? And Donnie goes to visit, and they begin to study the Bible. And Donnie's brother-in-law says, I have not obeyed that. I need to do that. And he became a Christian. It took his sister about a month before she obeyed the gospel. But once that domino started to fall, that congregation, I'm going to show you here in just a second, has spread like wildfire. But that's what I want you to know, Manuel. He is a sweet, sweet man, and I really enjoyed getting to know him. So we leave Apipiluco and we go to Acapulco. I'm about done. And we go to Acapulco, and again, we've got just an hour or so to play in the water. And then on a Monday night, that is not a regular meeting night of the church, but on a Monday night, phone calls are made and said, hey, we've got these Americans in town, we, we want to get together. And so on a Monday night, on short notice, we all get together. The church in Acapulco was not in existence a few months ago, all right? Now, they have this little studio room in a strip mall, and they have outgrown that area, really. But that's where they're meeting. And so we went that night, and almost all of them, on a short notice, Monday night, all of them come flooding in to meet us. And I was able, this is a a brother, Luis. Uh, He stood up and welcomed us uh, right after we got there. And then I was able to uh, do some teaching that night in, in Acapulco. And uh, it was a great time. Here's a, a better shot of those who were present that night. Uh, again, we have Donnie's brother-in-law, Manuel, his sister Maria, and, and some of their family and friends and acquaintances. And many people in that picture are Christians. All right, since May, many people in that picture are Christians. The majority of people in that picture are members of the church. I can't, I can't do it justice, all right? But great things are happening there, and I'm so encouraged by it. We went for those great tacos afterwards, all right? And, and so that's where we are. And while we were eating tacos, Donnie's nephew, Manuel Ito, that is little Manuel, that's Manuel Jr. He's not very junior, but uh, he's a pretty big kid there on the left. He says, I- I'm going to become a Christian tonight. And so we left the taco restaurant and we drove down uh, to a, a part of the ocean that was a bit calmer. And Donnie said, Adam, you go and baptize him. And so I was able to go out and baptize uh, Manuelito in the ocean. Right? That's a pretty neat experience. I've told a few this story. I, I, he's bigger than me. And, uh, and I started to put him down and a wave came just as I was and stood him right back up. <laughs> and so... Uh, <laughs> it was like, I don't speak Spanish. He doesn't speak English. You know, so like, that was crazy. So uh, the wave passes. Then I put him under, bring him back up. So something I'll remember. And while, while baptizing uh, Manuelito, this young man, Abishai, they call him Abi. Abi uh, wants to obey the gospel as well. And so we had two baptisms in Acapulco, uh, our final night before we came home. So we had three baptisms while we were there. Pray for them. I'm going to say that in just a second. All right, boys, do you have something you'd like to say briefly? Alan, you want to come up? I'm going to do this very briefly, okay? You're being very patient. Thank you for doing so. Uh, I, I just want to, them to show a, little bit, show a little bit from their perspective, okay? Okay. I'm just going to 
take a little bit of time to say some of my favorite parts about it. Well, first I wanted to talk about the ocean. We went down there early in the morning, the night, the morning we left, so it's pretty much it, and it was really fun. The second thing I wanted to talk about was friends. We met lots of, there were lots of children there, but I, the one I met most was Andy, and he really wanted to give us stuff all the time even though we had almost nothing, and I'll get to that in a second. But then third, he really just wanted to give us toys, and this is just a wooden knife that his dad made for him. Uh, I don't know when he made it, but he just carved a wooden knife and made it. And then, as you saw in the picture, this is the mini slingshot from that picture and I just wanted to say thank you for letting us go and that's all I have thank you Alan First of all, that jalapeno was the hottest thing I ever put in my mouth. Okay. Tonight I'd like to tell you what stood out to me the most in Mexico. Number one, the people, all the new friends we made, and the way they lived down there. Number one, the people. All the people down there were very, very nice to us. We never felt unsafe at all. Always felt very safe. What I thought was pretty neat, I was considered one of the tallest ones there. <laughs> Just the people down there aren't that tall. Number two, I really enjoyed making new friends. There were a lot of kids down there at the church. It was very fun playing with all of them. I learned you don't need to speak the same language to have fun. It seemed like every time we saw them, they were wanting to give us something. I brought a few things tonight that they gave us. Number one, there's this wooden knife that Andy's dad carved out of wood and then painted. Number two, Andy's mom has a little shop outside her house, and this is what you could get. It had candy in it before. <laughs> Number three, I brought this Mexico wallet with some Mexican money. In Mexico, they call these pesos. Number three, I wanna talk about the ways they lived. Most of the houses there were concrete walls, floors, ceilings, metal door, and a few windows. They didn't have very much, but they all seemed to be happy. I thought worship was really neat. I never saw my dad use a translator before. It was different. Another thing I really enjoyed was the singing there. Even though you couldn't tell what they were singing, you still knew what the song was. <laughs> 
Another thing there is their culture. They all like soccer. And you say that in Spanish, that's football. Mr. Donnie, when he was younger, used to play soccer in a field in a pipiluco. And he always jokes when we drove by that that field still calls his name. And so when we drove by, we'd always say, Donnie, Donnie, Donnie. Last thing I want to say is thank you for helping us go there and thank you for praying for us while we were gone. The boys put that together and I appreciate them doing that. And again, we want to say thank you. Uh, What we were able to do, you were a part of. And so we want to say thank you uh, to you. Uh, There was some financial support that was extended to us and we appreciate that very much. But we just appreciate you allowing us the opportunity to be away. And uh, we were trying our best to do the, work, the Lord's work. And uh, I'm proud of some of the things that we were able to accomplish while we were there. I want to impress upon your mind something as I begin to conclude now. I want you to think about what it would be like to be a first-generation Christian. And some of you are first-generation Christians. You're the first one in your family ever to obey the gospel. But imagine being a part of a congregation of only first century, first generation Christians. That's all there is. There, there are no adults who grew up going to Sunday school with the church. There are no adults who grew up with parents who were Christians. And so they're all young. They're all very, very young in the faith. And so the challenge is... To, to bring them along, right? To encourage them and to help them grow. And, and you know that Satan is after them as he never was before, as he is after all of us as God's people. And so you have different and varying challenges with each of these. And so it is good for them to have someone come in from outside, very much outside, who's preaching the same gospel, who's preaching the same message, who's reinforcing things that they have been taught and things that they have learned and trying to share new things to help them grow. It's important to see somebody else come in who is talking the same thing. It's important. And that's what we're trying to do. They need that. It's a part of the growth and maturity process. Now, what are they doing now? Well, again, there are so many little towns all around, and the, the church is non-existent, all right? There, there are no second-generation Christians, right, right, in that area. And so the gospel has, has never been presented, as it were, in, in their lifetimes in much of the state of Guerrero. It, it's untouched territory. They've never heard the gospel. When you present the gospel, it is brand new information every time. Imagine that. No one in their family's ever heard it before. They've never heard it before. And so this slide, I want to bring to your attention. Here is a family who's trying to do something about it. All right? And I mentioned this, this man, Freddie. He translated for me on Sunday. And I got to visit with he and his lovely wife. They've just been married a couple of years. And uh, very, very sweet people. And Freddie says, I am going to uh, change our state. I'm going to change it. Is the state of Guerrero dangerous? Yes. It's dangerous. It doesn't have a lot of luxury. A lot of these little towns, they don't have uh, running water. They've got a lot of issues, a lot of sanitary issues. They've got a lot of issues. And so it's difficult to attract men to come in and preach. But they're working at it. 
and they're working very hard. And so I would ask you to, to pray for Freddie, to pray for Donnie and the work that they're doing, that they can train other men uh, who can go out and preach the gospel as well. That's what they need more than anything are your prayers. Freddie tells me, Freddie lives in Chilponsingo. He said, I've established several congregations around Chilponsingo to the point that now I can leave Chilponsingo and I can go somewhere else. And I say this because it, uh, it's interesting when you first hear it. Some of you uh, who are movie watchers Say Wataneo. Some of you might know that name from a movie, but uh, Say Wataneo is down here on the ocean, and that is where Freddie is headed next. Say Wataneo. And so, again, please keep these brothers in your prayers, their wives, their families. They're making great sacrifices to share the gospel of Christ, as missionaries are all over the world, as we're trying to do here where we live as well. Tonight, you've listened well. You've been very patient with me, and I appreciate it very much. Are you a Christian tonight? Are you a part of the Lord's church? The Bible tells us that it's to the church the Lord adds those who are saved. And tonight, if you don't find yourself in a right relationship with God, then as lovingly as we can put it, please, it's time for you to put aside whatever it is that's been putting, putting you off, and it's time for you to obey the gospel. Tonight, will you become a Christian? Do you believe Jesus Christ to be the Son of God? Are you willing to make that confession tonight to repent of sin in your life? Are you ready tonight to put the Lord on in baptism? Having your sins washed away, are you ready tonight to rise and walk in newness of life as a Christian? Tonight, because of what Jesus has done for you, you can respond to His invitation and you can become a New Testament Christian. But tonight, if, you're not a, if you are a Christian and you've wandered away and there's something amiss in your life, and you need to respond to the Lord's invitation in a public way. If we can help you in any way, won't you please come forward now?